he sees a mouthpiece laying on a concrete, <laughs> like concrete under the octagon. He picks that fucking thing up. He puts his bag out of mouthpiece. I go, all right, get in there. <laughs> Is he coming on the show today? Yeah, I'm pumped. So today we got the man, the myth, the legend, Ray Longo. I love that guy. So Ray Longo is Chris Weidman's longtime coach. He was Matt Sarah's coach. He's Aljamain Sterling's coach. Um, all world champions. Yep. And I mean, Ally Quinta, there's a giant list. Marab, all out of uh, Long Island. So they train at Law MMA, which is Longo and Weidman. And um, he's, been, he's been around the game for a long time. He's one of the most charismatic corners. I mean, the UFC literally makes a segment for him and Sarah now, and they have a camera on them in the corner because they're high-fiving, fist-pumping, yeah. yelling, punch a hole through his fucking chest, yeah. and all kinds of craziness. So he's a lot of fun, and, and he knows his shit. Champion in every decade of his life, absolute legend, absolute amazing human being, Ray Longo. One of my favorite people ever. The ultimate coach. Awesome. I, well, I can't wait to fucking talk to him. This is going to be fun. Uh, I know you have some crazy stories that you want to ask him about, about Weidman. Yeah. <laughs> picking up mouthpieces off the ground, <laughs> fighting people in the gym and uh, being a savage. Yeah. So this should be an awesome conversation. I can't wait. Hey, and uh, let's give a shout out to Chris Weidman. I believe uh, he announced yesterday he is making his comeback from that horrific leg break. Uh, I think it was August 19th. I'll have to check the date, but it's mid August. So it's cool to see him back after such a horrible injury. Was that two years ago? Two or three. It's been a minute. Good for him for taking the time off to, you know, actually recover too and, and do what he needs to do to get strong and healthy. And yeah. Oh God. I can't, I remember where I was when I watched that I was in the PFL quarantine. So yeah, it was probably two years ago. Yeah. Watching it in my hotel room and just seeing that thing snap on the first kick. Ugh. Well, I know from, I know from stories too, from you guys that he's just such a competitor and has fought through so many injuries and, and he's just tough. So it's good that he actually took the time off and, healed and recovered and i can't wait to see him fight do you know who he's fighting does he does he know yeah he's fighting uh brad tavares who was actually on the ultimate fighter with me um who i know really well and i think it's a great fight i think it's a good fight for him to come back on um i don't think tavares is a big leg kicker which is good you know you <laughs> yeah. never know with the ufc you like come back from a leg injury and they're like hey here's tyrone spong or somebody you I, tyrone, snaps legs with their shins yeah i mean tyrone <clears throat> spong broke his own leg i guess with the kick so Hmm. That would have been know. an interesting one. Yeah. That would have been an interesting build to yeah. the fight. I don't know why that name popped up, but just constantly showing leg breaks. <laughs> yeah. But no, I'm excited to talk to Ray about building champions because there's not very many gyms that take homegrown talent and take them to championships. Because I feel like nowadays, a lot of gyms recruit people, bring people in, guys change gyms and they already are established and come. When you Where, say homegrown, you mean I grew up around this gym uh, 50 miles or, or less away. Yeah, like it's in the neighborhood or um, you started there all the way to championship. Mm, mm. You know, Longo has a lot of wrestlers because like Hofstra's right there and uh, Long Island's such a big wrestling town in general. But taking those wrestlers and making them MMA world champions is insane. And I think that he's potentially done that more than any other gym. And I don't think that gets highlighted very much. Mm. Yeah. You don't, I mean, yeah, you definitely don't hear about it as I think as much as you should. I mean, everyone talks about the Dagestanis right now, but we have it in America and Long Island. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the more world champions, right? I don't know. Yeah, probably. They've yeah. got two, right? Yeah. You're talking about like five at yeah. Sarah Weidman. 
Sterling. Sterling. So there's three. Um, I'm not sure who else. I mean, Marab is right there. Marab just doesn't want to fight Aljo because they're like best friends. Right? Yeah. Marab's going to hold that number one spot and has no problem with it. That's like what a like tight knit group they are. Yeah, that's awesome. He has no problem with it. Yeah, you don't hear about that much. Uh, he also had an ally Quinta fight Khabib for the title on like five days notice. Took um, him the distance. Yeah. And Al is as tough as they come. All those guys out there in Long Island are insanely tough. Must be all the... Uh, the uh, the water in Long Island, which I've heard is excellent, and uh, um, all the hoagies and stuff they eat out there. What is it? What is the food in Long Island? It's not cheese steaks, and uh, must be all the Italian food. They the Italian food yeah, is gabagool. amazing. Gabagool, gabagool, uh, They got a gabagool uh, out there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a rough nosed place, man. And, and I don't know what it is, but well, I mean that's what it is. I think that and the, the rest water of and the pasta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It made sure. me tougher. Yeah, <laughs> all the good eats. Yeah, all the all the guys with they don't have full names in the gym. Everywhere you walk in, everybody's like, "Oh, Tony, two times." Yeah, Yo, yeah. it's Bobby Big Knuckles walking in here right now. <laughs> Let's go. This should be my name, Bobby Big Knuckles. I got to change my name to Bobby though. I guess, huh? Um, no, Chris, Chris, Bobby Knuckles. Chris, yeah, Chris Knuckles works. Chris Knuckles, dude. Chris Here we Knuckles. Go. I got a nickname. Hey, Chris Knuckles over here. Christoph Knuckles. I have abnormally large knuckles. You do have abnormally Yo, large. Yo, it's Chris Gorilla Fist. <laughs> Gorilla <laughs> Fist. Oh, man. But yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to talk to him about it. And I was doing my research for this, and some of the gyms uh, that I found that kind of do have this mold of like, there's a lot of champions that came out of there and I was trying to figure out if all these guys started there. So I might be wrong on some of them um, because there's not a lot of backdated information of where some of them started, but yep. law MMA um, and then city kickboxing, which is in New Zealand. So that's Adesanya, um, Dan Hooker, Volkanovsky, Kai Kara France, uh, Brad Riddle. They've got a ton of- Wow, that's stacked, yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, a few of those guys that I mentioned, I think Volkanovsky does train at another gym and does camps at City. But Adesanya, from what I found, did his whole pro career. He had some fights amateur before, but his whole pro career out of there. And I think that there's something to be said for that because, again, taking somebody from almost nothing and making them a champion, I think- establishes you as an a, amazing coach because if you already take somebody that's well established and then they keep winning sure that's great like it's still good coaching i'm sure but taking somebody from nothing to champion i think is probably one of the hardest things you could do yeah well let's get uh ray on and uh Let's pick his brain. All right. We got the legendary coach, Ray Longo, on the camera, live from Long Island. Ray, how you doing? Oh, really good. And it's a pleasure to be here. I, I'm finally getting to talk to you. I thought we'd be speaking more, but we got to do it on a podcast. I love it. I know. Yeah. Man, I've missed you. So for those of you guys listening, Maddie, will you turn my headphones up a little bit? Those of you guys listening, I used to go to Long Island and train. I, I've got to spend a lot of time with oh, Ray yeah. Longo here. I have a ton of respect for him. I think that he's one of the best coaches in the game, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And real quick, just for my knowledge, uh, partners with Matt, Sarah, and and there's a connection to that gym. And, and Ray, are you a, are you a striking coach or are you? A yeah, yeah, I'm the striking coach and the head coach. You oh, know, nice. I just uh, you know, I kind of like the front man for Sarah Longo fight team. I would say. Nice, but nice. And is your gym in uh, Long Island? 
Yes, Garden City, Long Island. Nice, nice. Yeah, so the gym is Law MMA, Longo and Weidman MMA, because you and Weidman became partners yes. on that gym. It's a pretty cool, yeah. like you guys have a really cool relationship because Sarah has his own gyms, but um, separate businesses, everything, mm -hmm. but then they run the same team. So all the guys will go do jujitsu with Sarah, all the guys fighting and stuff, and then they'll do the striking with right. Longo. It is a really yeah. cool, like unique thing because that, i feel like business gets in the way a lot of times and you guys have run it forever well, exactly and that's the key is that you know look i was already older when i met matt and i had seen a lot of shit in business go down and i'm going to say 20 years ago we made a decision keep everything separate because we valued the friendship more than like making money or a business and we both did great so it worked out good but like you said chris very weird situation i try, I try to explain it to people and they, it's, <laughs> it's not that easy to explain, I think, because people think everything is like under one roof or you have to be together. But, yeah, Matt runs the schools that, like Chris said, they go there for the jujitsu and they come here for the striking. And when you guys this might be too personal of a question, but when you guys run a fight camp, do you do you you split proceeds that way? So he gets paid individually as the jujitsu coach and you get paid as the head coach. Is that how that works? And then you guys keep the schools separate? I'm going to say you're right on that, but I, I, honestly, man, there's no contracts with any fighters, so I don't know what the hell's going on. That's really they dope. Do, yeah, they do pay both of us, and whatever it is, I don't know, we don't even talk about it, but um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a weird situation, but we make it work. I got to say, that's, that's what I, awesome. Yeah, I got to say, that's yeah. what I love about you guys, man, is it's like a... It is like a home and a friendship. It's not just like a business transaction. So like you said, there's, they don't have contracts with the fighters. There's no, um, I don't even know if you guys have set percentages. I know Weidman just uh, was telling me at one point, he's like, yeah, you know, I, I pay Ray what, it, what I think and I pay Matt. And I, obviously yeah, it's respectful yeah, yeah. or you guys wouldn't want to yeah, keep training yeah, I, the guys, but it's a cool relationship but, that you have with your fighters. Yeah. yeah, I think the minute you get a contract, it, it's it, friendship is out the window. It becomes too business oriented for me. I never liked it. I don't even, you know, look. Again, Chris, my philosophy from day one was find something you would do for free and then figure out a way to get paid for it. And it worked out good, but I would do it for free. I did it for free at the beginning. I never charged anybody, fighters or whatever, in the kickboxing days. You yeah. know, not that there was money, you know, and then when Matt came around, you know, he started making money and Matt really, really took care of me. So, uh, you know, and everybody else. You know, yeah. It started, I think, with the MMA because the purses were a little bigger. But that was never the emphasis at all. Yeah. So that's what I want to get into today because – so I was telling Chris here that I was talking to Chael Sonnen the other day. Um, I think it was after Aljo's last win. Beating Henry Cejudo was huge. And I, I was texting with Chael and I was saying, man, I've been thinking about it and I can't really think of other coaches or other gyms or very many at least that have homegrown talent like you guys. And I feel like there's some kind of secret there. Maybe you can feed us, but I'm going to, I'm going to blow you up a little bit here. You've had Matt, Sarah, Chris Weidman, Aljamain Sterling go on to be champions that all started with you. And then you've got Ally Quinta, you've got Marab, um, Bazooka. You've got a bunch of guys at the gym that yeah. are studs and you've managed to keep this team and build these guys from day one to champions. And what do you think that is? Is there something you see in these guys? Because your area of Long Island, I know this is a long-winded question, seems to produce some of the toughest motherfuckers out there. Well, wait, hold on a second. I just lost you for a second. Wait a minute. Oh, there we go. 
yeah, I tell you, I think, you know, I thought about this a, a while, but I think what I was really good at is getting a guy who had like jujitsu background or wrestling background and had no striking, really get him involved in striking, make him believe in the striking to use their wrestling. And I think that was always my recipe for success. You know, when I got a striker, you know, then yet they have to concentrate on grappling. It doesn't go as good, you know, but you know, you even mentioned Al who fought Khabib on 24 hours notice and went five rounds with him. The only guy to do that, you know, which is crazy. And he trained for a three round striking fight. So when you put that in, even in the mix with the other guys, uh, it's, it's pretty fascinating. And, and again, these guys are all 10 minutes from the gym. So I don't know, that's going to be hard to duplicate, you know, but I think it was, you know, we're like-minded people. Uh, I never used the word family back in the day, but it is kind of like a family, uh, you know, we're involved with, you know, all the, uh, external events and you, you can't do that unless you really like somebody, you know what I mean? I'm not going to go to a kid's wedding if I don't like them, you know what I mean? Or whatever. So I think just being like-minded, having guys with good grappling roots, making them believe in the striking, uh, getting them the proper work, I think was the recipe for all of those guys. Yeah. Because, um, going to your gym and getting to spend a ton of time there with you guys, there's nothing, you guys aren't doing anything like crazy scientific, all this like, you know, fancy no. shit that comes out now. It's literally just no. like hard grind. Work. Yeah. It's, it's a grind. Yeah, it, oh, it's a grind. I think that's a great way to put it. It's a freaking grind. And, uh, sounds like the office. <laughs> our office yeah <laughs> yeah i mean you you put these guys through like like you said you're the head coach so you're the guy that i mean when we were there he'd yeah. be like all right tomorrow we're running hills this day like he organizes the schedule you're going to right, do jujitsu right. here striking here sparring putting that schedule together but really it was all just hard work yeah and um and you were a great leader at it and it's just it's crazy to me that your small area of Long Island has produced some of the baddest fighters ever, like I said. And uh, I don't know yeah. if that's due to the neighborhood. It's the water that's... in Long Island, right? <laughs> yeah. It's that yeah. water you guys are yeah. drinking, yeah. Yeah, maybe. But, I, you know, <laughs> Weidman always said that, too. Forget, like, even he would say, you know, they talk about Dagestan, but what about Long Island wrestling? There's a lot of good guys that came out of Long Island, and I agree with them 100%, you know. Uh, hey, Coach, you, I think you... Al, Al, yeah, Aljo proved that with Cejudo. Yeah, not that it, you know he did out wrestle a guy that won the gold medal. Two of them. So. Yeah, didn't he win? Yeah, I mean, so coach, do you, that seems to be a theme right now. Um, I've been watching Mighty Mouse's Street Beefs commentary too, <laughs> and uh, it's kind of fascinating his YouTube channel. But he's been saying a lot on that channel that you know if you if you teach any basic guy grappling and wrestling, they're going to win a street fight. You look at the guys from Dagestan. You look at the guys from Long Island. Would you say for anyone trying to get into this sport or interested in the sport that wrestling should be the base first instead of striking? It, it seems like that seems to be the theme right now with most world champions that their wrestling and grappling is on point first striking second i would say i agree with you 100 percent. you know and if you're in a state that has a great wrestling program like a farm league like long island does jersey as pennsylvania you know you could go through all of the uh states i mean look i watch uh we have our wrestling coaches jamie franco he teaches that you know jamie too Chris. yeah Gotta love that guy. But he teaches, you know, he's a he's a coach at Hofstra. But I watch him run the kids' programs. I mean, it's 24-7, 365 days a year. You know, they go into camps. There's not an off-season. Like, I don't even have no recollection of that when I was young, you know. And, you know, one thing funny, because I just did an interview, and Chris brought up something when he was at the gym, but 
Like, I think if you ask Matt Sarah, his opinion on me, Weidman, Aljo, it changes, man, because, you know, like, Chris, I met you I was in my 50s, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, this, this shit is crazy. I mean, I, you know, Aljo was like, what, you used to do jujitsu? I'm talking to him the other day. I wanted to kill him. And I go, yeah, 100%. He goes, oh, I would have loved to have seen your role. I go, Aljo, <laughs> I met you when I was, like, 55, you know what I mean? Maybe more, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, could you have met me when I was 30, you know, but... I know, but you, been, it, that, that's the crazy part to me is like somebody said I had a champ in my 40s, my 50s, and now my 60s. So, hey, that's killing it. Some people will never have champs. So, so, do both of you think it's yeah. because wrestling teaches guys to be such dogs? Like, like I won a state title when I was young, 13, and, and I remember wrestling practice always being harder than football practice, any other practice. Do you think it's that base of wrestling as a kid that just makes you a dogged fucking performer? Or like a, like a, You've been through it before, and so it just makes you tougher. Ultimately, I'll let you go ahead, Ray. I have. I, my I idea. personally, I, I listen. You, you said you want to stay tight. I agree a hundred percent what you're saying. Like that's what I like about it. Basically, when I get these guys at like eighteen or nineteen, the work's already done. Mm. You know what I mean? That mental side is tough. Weidman, the amount of fights he won being injured. I mean, like shitty injuries. But his mentality was to go through it. I mean, the guy lost 30 pounds in seven days to fight Damian Maya. I mean, that's sick. You know, I had him in the guy's in the sauna. He's got three pounds to go. He's in there for 15 minutes. He doesn't lose an ounce. And he's refusing to stop. And I'm begging him, like, take the fine. It's just not worth it, you know. And, you know, he makes the weight. He, he wins the fight. And, then, you know, first thing we say when we get back is, like, we're never doing that again. I can't even look at that again. <laughs> I think I was in tears watching him in the trying to make weight. It sucked, you know. So that mental toughness, you have to put a value on. And I do think it teaches you how to grind it out and how to fight injured and uh, get through all that adversity. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Yeah, that was it for me, wrestling. Like, when I first started wrestling, I was like, I've Did never you start wrestling in high school? Uh, yeah, I think I was 13 when I started wrestling. And it was the hardest thing I'd ever done. And it was funny yeah. because every other sport you know you can get tired sub out whatever yada yada yeah. and then i realized like day one like nobody gives a shit they don't care if you're huffing and puffing yeah. they're like get it together like it's just it's like subliminal uh mind training the whole time because you're not even thinking about like oh they're training me to be tougher they just don't give a shit the coach is like i don't care like you're still wrestling another hour it's like, too bad we can't force every child in america to go through wrestling for five years <laughs> yeah. i feel like that would fix a lot of america's problems yeah in the future I, and i'll tell you another thing chris is that you know not and i wasn't in the military my old man was but even being in the military you know i mean that's going to build some sort of character you know those guys come out they have a great you know, philosophy on things and, you know, all that shit we see in the movies with the drill sergeants, I think make, it either kills you or makes you stronger. Yeah, you know, it's that, that old saying. And I think, you know, I I don't know. I'm just, you know what, I think I'm just off on a tangent because I'm looking at guys in the gym now that are 17, 18, that you want to kill yourself. Like it's, <laughs> what do you know, mean? Just because they, the they're soft and they don't have work ethic? Uh, or like? 100%. It's, it's, uh, I don't even, I swear to God, I don't know what I'm looking at anymore. You know, like, I think they'll all be all right, but it's just not what I'm used to. I think know? they'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what it is? You know, but you always know remember, remember uh, in the Meet the Farkas when the, De Niro's like, oh, I didn't know they gave a medal for 12th place. <laughs> you know, is that what you want? Is that what you want? 12th place. And we got to start clapping and, doing, yeah. you know, standing on our heads. And that's great, Johnny. 
You just came in last, but at least you finished. You know, I mean, you, that's good. that part's good if you're running a marathon. But hey, I think that's why they call it a uh, Strong Island, right? You guys got that mentality. There's something about that area, I'm telling you, because even it's when New I, York, the boroughs are tough, man. Yeah, like going the boroughs out, are tough. Going out there and training, and it was like. I went to do Weidman's camps with them, but then, you know, I'd go to Sarah's and roll and stuff. Yeah. And after Weidman and I would get in the car and he'd be like, how'd you do? And I was like, I got fucking destroyed by everybody. Like the wall street guys <laughs> over here, everybody, like it, it's just like a, a tough, tough area. And like anybody I sparred with, it was like, you're fighting. What was that story you were telling me about Weidman? Were you going to get coached to, to talk about that? Yeah. I wanted to ask you again, cause you told me this story a long time ago about Cause I was going to ask you, is there something, you know, you've had so many champions now that you've built from nothing, um, or at least like from their wrestling base, is there something that you look for in these guys and you're like, they have it because you told me a story about Weidman when you first realized that he had it. Do you remember this? Yeah. Listen up kids. Turn up the volume. Well, no, which, well, which was the, there's a bunch of stories. Which one are we talking about? <laughs> it was, I think it was his, Give me a hint. I think it was his first time sparring and he had to find a oh, mouthpiece. Yeah, yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Will you I mean, tell so that for everybody? So first off, I'm getting a call from a guy that I really don't respect much. And, he, and he's telling me, I got this guy, Weidman, he's a wrestler. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. You don't have to bring him down. But it's not based on Chris. I didn't know who he was, but it was the guy delivering the message. Wasn't that credible. And this went on for like four or five months. You know, Can you just take a look at him? Can he come down? And I kept blowing him off. I was happy with whoever I had. I was never looking to poach guys or, you know, solicit guys. And then I guess it got so bad, Weidman just walked in the gym one day, one night, while I was, while people were sparring, and we sat on the ring, because it was next to the octagon, and, you know, we just started talking. I thought the guy had a great mind for uh, combat sports right from day one. And then when I saw him go in there, and we started training, I go, man, I never saw wrestling at that high of uh, a place before. Like, that, that degree of wrestling, and that, he was just, he was just a different level. That I that I seen, but again, we're going back what fourteen years ago now. At this point, maybe more. Uh, and then I start training them. And I remember I'm in the office, and a guy calls up. He said, "I got a wrestler. He comes from a big wrestling background. He's look, looking for sparring. He's got a fight out in like Idaho, in the Midwest somewhere." And I was like, "Yeah, I don't really uh, have anybody." And Whiteman's like, "Let me spar him." <laughs> and I got definitely not. You know what I mean? But, and then the guy on the phone goes, can he just come down to the gym? I go, yeah, sure. You know, if I can get him somebody, I will. But, and I, when I hung up the phone, I told Chris, look, man, we're not rushing this. I really think you have potential. You know, why? I mean, I don't think the guy's there more than three or four months at the, at the point. <laughs> so the guy happens to come down with Weidman's there. Now I'm like, holy shit, Weidman's like, put me in there. So I, I figure, Chris, I go, I, I got him. He doesn't have a mouthpiece. So I go, listen, I put you in there, but you don't even have a mouthpiece. I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to like do it. Hey, hey coach. And so now. you, you didn't want him to spar real quick, just for the listeners. You didn't want him to spar because yeah. he's still new and you don't want him, you don't want him to get yes. fucked up and you're like, you're right. not ready for this hey. dude. Okay. Right. I don't want him to get discouraged or whatever happens. Copy and, that. You know, yeah. So, uh, and plus the guy had fights. He had fights and he was getting ready for a fight. And this guy was good, so, right? He was, he was, a he was a uh, beast. I don't know about that. Oh, which guy? No, the, the guy he, well, the guy Sparring. he was going to spar? Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. That part, mm. I don't know. He had fights, but I didn't really know who he was either. I knew his coach and he was looking for work. That was it. Because um, again, it's back then, it's, a, it's still kind of in its infancy almost, you mm. know? Uh, not, not really, but, you know, Sarah's on the tail end and Weidman's coming up. But I so, said, so you're trying to get him in this ruse for the mouthpiece. Okay. 
Yeah, right. So I'm trying to get like you don't have a mouthpiece, so I can get get I could buy some time. He sees a mouthpiece laying on a concrete, <laughs> like concrete under the octagon, like dirty, shitty, not uh, even on a mat. There's no, there's no mat. It's concrete on the edge of, you know, of a mat. He picks that fucking thing up. He puts his bag out of mouthpiece. I go, all right, get in there. And, and, and dude, I'm like, this motherfucker is crazy. Like he didn't even hesitate. Uh. And, um, and then he gets in and he, he actually beats the ever living shot. I think it doesn't even come out of the first round. If it does, it's the beginning of the second round. I have to stop it. The guy's bleeding like a pit. Whiteman was, he was, I go, this guy's a, he's an animal. Like he has really like minimal training and he just, he destroyed the guy. It was, it was really impressive. Then he got out, he threw the mouthpiece back on the floor. A day later, this guy Sergio Nicolosi comes in. He wrestled. He he was on the state team with Jay Haran. You know, they're still friends to this day. And he's he's asking me for his mouth. I think I dropped my mouthpiece. I go, I go Sergio, there it is over there. Pick it up and throw right in the fucking garbage. <laughs> but yeah, no, Wyman, he picked that dude. You you had to see it. Like it's it's bad enough using somebody else's mouthpiece. I think. Yeah. You know, but he just picked it up off the floor, just brushed it off, and uh, whatever. But that's those are the guys you want, you know, guys that don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, yeah. That's a so, great story. I mean, totally. Is that something, have you seen something in each of these like champions where you're like, this kid has it? Or have some of them surprised you? I mean, you don't have to say names or anything. And I just mean in a positive way. Like, w is there times where you're like, man, I, this kid could be great? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that, no, that I've done a couple of times where I, here's the problem. Like, sometimes when I see a guy right out of the get go, I think he, he could be great. I have made the mistake maybe with fast tracking him a little bit, and that doesn't ever go good. So they, I mean, I try to tell these guys if they're young, take your time. I mean, you got plenty of time, and once you get squared away, like really squared away, you're ready to go. But you know, for the guys that have like talent, sometimes it's hard to stop them, and you have to stop them for their for their own good. So yeah, that I'm going to say that's happened a couple of times. But most of the guys that you know, the, especially the like Al, Joe, Weidman, Matt. They all had adversity growing up. They didn't have easy goes, you know. And uh, Aljo was a little different. Like Weidman and, and Matt were really like alpha male type of guys. They were kind of always fighting in the street. And, you know, I don't think Al Aljo is, is a cerebral guy. That's what, you know, you even see now. And I mean, he, I don't think he was at the level of those two guys because they were, they were crazy. But, um, you know, Aljo was more of a cerebral guy but he came from 19 siblings i mean 19 yeah. 19 siblings nine i was 19 siblings <laughs> wow so i always make a joke i always make a joke chris i go he didn't get a lot of hugs growing up. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, wow. that's what got him he had a couple of mentors growing up we just did his podcast he had a guy dave montana who's like my age that really took him to tournaments and really did the right thing by him and aljo never forgot that and it's one of the things I love about Aljo. He always includes that guy in any, you know, dinners we go to or anything. And uh, it ended up being a great friendship with those guys. And I, you know, again, character wise, Aljo's a great guy. And I, I told him the other day, that's what proves it to me. This is a guy that helped you back in the day and you never forgot him, which yeah, a lot dope. of people do. Right. Yeah, you know? definitely. I mean, that's a great trait to have. You know, I remember Sarah yeah. told me, uh, it was probably like my first trip out there or something. I can't remember how the conversation came up about bringing people in or like recruiting guys. Cause you guys don't like recruit anybody to the gym, which is also unique because 
most of these other big gyms around the country are literally trying to get these fighters that are already established to come in and kind of claim that from there. I mean, I could be a world champion boxing coach if I got Floyd Mayweather to come over and train with me. Yeah. But you're, right. like I said, you're building these guys up. But Do you Sarah, feel that, Chris, when you go to their gym? Does it does the vibe even feel better? Like, I know the work is hard, but, like, do you sense that as a fighter? Because we've talked about this. There's gyms you go to, and you're like, I feel like I'm fucking being mean mugged. Everyone's fucking intense and mean. Nah, yeah, nah. No, I mean, your guys, it's like every time I was out there, I mean, we went to, God, I don't remember, like other events in, like, the neighborhood of, like, families. Like, you guys literally yeah, know yeah. everybody, every family. That's amazing. We yeah. went to, like, a That's graduation dope, party, and, like, Weidman went. That's Weidman dope. was champion of the world then. Yeah. He's like, we got to go to this graduation party. Just come with me. Everybody yeah. knows everybody, and, like, spends all their time with each other too it's cool and um, I, i'll tell you this chris if somebody me mugged to me i'd actually throw them out of the gym i'm not even joking about that i don't think that i mean we always have one or two guys that you have to maybe put in order but for the most part i i would think you felt like home as soon as you walked in i would that's hope awesome anyway. oh i mean i would go out there See, and, and that's like, another sorry that's another characteristic with the dagestanis they talk about everyone there's in a community it's a family they take care of each other yeah that's the recipe well, you yeah, know, and I tell you, Chris, I tell I tell my guys, even when they're all running together, that's why I say I would take guys to the hills. It's not about having ten guys; it's about building that camaraderie where you want to help the next guy. So there's a lot of conditioning workouts I do with multiple guys that they think it's about the conditioning, and I'm like it's not about the conditioning; it's about you guys helping each it's other. It's shared suffering. Yeah, without a doubt, mm. without a hundred percent. And I think there's something to that. You yeah, know. shared suffering. Weidman was calling me the ostrich or something one time because I was smoking him on those runs in the park across the street that day. <laughs> I thought that was a, I thought that was a leg joke. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, yeah, we would do conditioning and stuff like that. But um, what I was saying earlier, Sarah told me something that was really cool that has stuck with me ever since, and I may not have it verbatim, but we we're. T I don't remember how the conversation came up, but he just said like we don't need more friends. We need more enemies. Like I can, I can train any kid on the block here. Like I have plenty of kids to, to build up to champions and stuff. Like why do I need to bring more guys in? And it was really cool because you guys have stuck yeah, to yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. He's one, he's definitely, that's one of his sayings. Like if we have we're having a problem with somebody, he'll say, we got enough friends. We could use a couple of enemies. You know, <laughs> yeah. so, you know he's, he's, he's funny with, with that stuff too. We always ran a tight ship and if, something wasn't uh going right we just would get rid of the guy it's just because you some some guys in the gym will become a cancer and then they start talking to other guys and they start to it's like a divide and conquer and then they got to be removed like immediately yeah because you, you guys don't have like the like little clicks either like i've been to some other big gyms where like this group hangs out together this group like i said you guys know everybody i mean in the neighborhood families all over the place like all yeah. over long island it's like and yeah. people even come to hang out, which was a cool thing. That's awesome. That's well, so dope. Yeah. Chris and I would be sparring, and I remember there's you know a bunch of older guys like sitting on the bleachers that brought lunch oh, yeah, and would yeah, just yeah. come in and watch. And they would be like, "Do you need anything? Do you need this, that? In your car, house? It's like, a real community. That's yeah. how people should live. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't because yeah, they knew like, me; it was because I was out there training with him that they yeah, just offered dope. to like whatever. No, without it, that no. He well, he listen. Kamozi's a good guy, so. Like, if you're not getting along with him, you're, you're, yeah, you're fucked major. up. You, got, <laughs> yeah. you, got, you, you really are. Yeah. I mean, if somebody was to, if I'm out, and somebody said, that guy's a cocksucker. <laughs> I, dude, I swear to God. It's just that conversation isn't going more than 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. joking. Like, because I know him. I could tell right away. Even when he first walked in the door, I remember 
just I felt like I knew you, and I didn't. I hadn't. We did, I didn't know you, but that was the story that he told. That when who the hell was fighting? Volante was fighting uh, OSP, and you were fighting Jacare. Maybe. Right, you, I bet, dude, you're not remembering that story. You said that when we were all screaming for Volante in the back, you go, "These guys are tight." Oh this yeah, is yeah. Before I knew you, <laughs> yeah. this is before I knew you, like we were, we didn't even know he was in the dressing room. That's and right. He said, "You know, right or wrong, that was something like that." But yeah, I remember that night, everybody going crazy for Volante in the back. Yeah, and they, they Volante technically trains at a different gym than Weidman and them. Um, and yeah, but seeing them like be so hyped for him because he's still like one of their good friends. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't technically train at the gym. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, what you guys have is amazing coach. And again, uh, talking about it with Chael and then I started researching it. And I mean, there's only a few gyms that I can think of like that. And I think it's really cool. And I want to give you a ton of props because like you said, you've had a champion at least every 10 years of your life. And uh, I'm excited to see the next one. I don't want to take up too much of your time, and I want to say thank you for coming on. But you guys are killing it, and I I got to come back out to visit because I miss going there. Nah, we we, we miss you, man. We really do. But I I will say this, Chris. Ever since COVID, things are a little different. We got to tr somehow get it back together. But we everybody just moved all over the place and ran off of Long Island, so a little different. But we're building up. We're building back up again. So oh. you know. Uh, we'll, we'll make sure when you come out, we get everybody together. There we go. Maybe I'll come out when Weidman's awesome. back in training. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, too. Just spoke to him, too. So Yeah. I just told him you were coming on. I was texting with him before this. But, yeah, oh, thank nice. you again. You got to tell all those guys they said hi. You know, Mikey Will Isis, do. all those guys. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And let's, definitely. and let's do this again soon, man. Congratulations hey. on all your success, man. It's paying off, and I'm happy to see it because nobody else Thanks. deserves it more than you. And thank you very much, Chris. And I meant what I said. Anything, any, anything you want, just pick up the phone. It's done. I, I guarantee you that. All right, we appreciate it. Hey, thank you again, Thanks, Coach. Nice You're the to meet man. You, bro. All right, guys. Hey, really nice meeting you, buddy. All right, real quick, I want to tell you about Fit Soda. Listen. We are addicted to this stuff in our house, and that is not a lie. Everyone loves a nice fizzy drink. Everyone loves a bit of soda. But if you look at people that drink a lot of soda, you're going to see that, unfortunately, they're probably obese. A lot of people that have a lot of health problems and weight problems, they're drinking a lot of soda. A lot of people with messed up teeth, they're drinking a lot of soda. If you want that soda fixed, but you don't want to get fat, you don't want to rot your teeth, and you don't want to mess up your body, this is where Fit Soda comes in. First of all, it's absolutely delicious. Okay, They've got a variety of flavors. Flavors. The citrus one is my favorite, but this one here, the black cherry cola, they got the orange cream, root beer float, the sparkling citrus, as I say, that is my personal favorite. Listen, there's zero calories, zero, zero calories in this. Branch chain amino acids are involved for recovery and electrolytes for hydration. It tastes incredible. It is guilt-free soda drinking. And listen, I'm just telling you now, little uh, life hack. If you throw a little bit of vodka in there as well, the perfect mixer for your alcoholic beverage with no calories, depending on what you put in it, of course. But listen, I'm telling you right now, we love this stuff in our house. We are going through it by the bucket load. You will not be disappointed with this product. The flavor is second to none. It is guilt-free soda drinking. the zero calories and it's good for you. The branch chain amino acids, the electrolytes for hydration. And of course, as I said, zero calories. All right, man. And that was that was awesome it's great catching up with him like i said he's one of my favorite people and uh again it's just i think it's just like hard-nosed work ethic for me because out there it's nothing crazy nothing fancy but they're producing champions and some of the toughest guys around yeah i mean I, there seems to be a common thread in these camps that are doing really well we joked with 
uh, Mr. Longo, Coach Longo, about sort of those gyms that have that kind of icy cold individualistic, um, you know, those bigger gyms that, that bring people in used to train at one of them. The vibe there was always weird. Um, but it seems to be a common thread with these camps that are just producing world champions where there's a family environment. There's a community, a real community environment. Um, you know, uh, most of the talents homegrown they're, um, they like and, and then, together. Yeah, they all grew up together. Community seems to be a really important thread that happens. You know, these guys are out in the community. They're out engaging with the community. They are a big community. And then it also feels like a lot of these schools, I don't know about the school you mentioned pre the interview uh, at where Adesanya goes, if it's a lot of wrestling involved. But from the Dagestanis to the Long Islanders, it seems to be that the base there is high-level wrestling from an early age that produces sort of this, this world champion work ethic grit good call on that actually because city kickboxing was the one i mentioned in new zealand most of them are strikers Mm. because i i don't know but i don't i'm not sure how big wrestling is in new zealand new zealand is technically a pretty small island i don't think it's a rugby country yeah yeah, their population is not huge though but so okay hold on that's interesting because volkanowski comes from rugby and i would also say rugby is is Hold on, let me be careful here. I don't want to get blasted by Patrick Tremblay on this one. But it's uh, cool. I have cousins at Auckland. So rugby, though, is a sport similar to to wrestling. It's eighty minutes nonstop. It's very physical, and it produces tough men. And Volkanovski played rugby, uh, and I'm willing to bet that if he were in the studio, he would say that some of his success as a UFC fighter came from growing up playing rugby, which is to me sort of similar to wrestling in terms of work ethic yeah, and sort of the mentality that it creates in men to be tough. They play injured. They played, you know, and I thought that was interesting that Longo talked about um, Chris's toughness and just how he's fought so many fights being like fucked up where he was trying to convince him like, dude, we don't need it. We did like, let's back out of this. And Chris still fought. And it comes from that toughness of, yeah. I mean, I played learning rugby. all that as a kid. Yeah. I played rugby too and wrestled and, toughest things ever and again it's it is like a alpha or rough nose like sport right i mean in rugby i dislocated my shoulder before we reset it on the sidelines yeah, go back and playing, play. yeah. i've seen guys like shatter their nose straight yeah. and i mean there's no doctor doing it you go mm-hmm. on the side of the on the side you either do it yourself the coach grabs your nose so the fingers yeah they no, put you back. A, dude you made a great point the so the rugby world cup is coming up this summer in france we're going by the way oh i'm in um next summer Matt, you're summer? coming with us too you want to go to the rugby world cup sure sounds good do, do you mean it i want to go to france i want you to be part of the crew i'll be like i want to see new zealand play yeah point is and uh, there was some there's some really great rugby being played on tv right now uh, mm-hmm. as they gear up for the qualifiers and all this stuff there was a game on last Saturday and it was premiership rugby. So some of the top guys in England and still even at the top level, when guy gets injured, they don't stop the game. No, they just pull you off. If you have to sub, they might. And it's rare. You see a sub, a guy will just, yeah. Pop a finger back in, pop his nose back in. They might put tape around a cut yeah, and then I, you're back in the game. I used to tape my ears so they didn't get ripped up in the scrum. Yeah, that's that's the only reason I don't have cauliflower ears because I used to put tape on my ears. Yeah, I think you're right though. It is. I mean, maybe that's a big part of it. It could be. Yeah, that that family oriented kind of gym, but also, let's like we said, let's be real. Wrestling, rugby. Some there's some sports out there that just make you a tougher person, or yeah. you don't make it, or yeah, you don't yeah. continue to play. Yeah. 
Uh, it's like you say all the time, like fighting is like you're, you're either, you're either good or you're not, or it's that ultimate test. Like one of us is going to win or lose. And can I, can I handle that adversity? I think what's really interesting too, is I, I would be willing to bet a lot on what I'm about to say, which is some of those other gyms that we've been to. That's why I love Genesis. Genesis has that kind of family vibe. I feel like it's got a very like friendly, supportive, yeah. everyone's kind of got each other's backs. Um, another gym that that's here local doesn't, and I don't think they're having the same success. I would bet that it has something to do with you really feel like in these homegrown gyms that you're part of a bigger purpose. It's bigger than just me. It's about the team. It's about the community. It's about the neighborhood we represent. And I'm willing to bet that that has something to do with performance and fighting that, you know, that like, no matter what happens, these guys got your back. Yeah. I mean, even going back to one of Weidman's title fights, you know, I was in Vegas and I went cause I was doing his camp with him and there, I think there was like a hundred people or more that flew out there. One guy got a private jet and brought a bunch of people just wow. for the fight. Wow. And like, you just, were, you were in his camp, uh, helping him train like sparring and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause he was fighting a Southpaw. So I was his sparring partner for a lot of it. And yeah, just seeing, I mean, New York to Vegas is not a quick flight. Like it is for us, you know, like an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, but these guys all pile in, come down and just show support, you know? And it's a big thing. Like they, they go to like big family style dinner where there'll be like 20 to 50 people at like post weigh-ins and stuff. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. Wouldn't you say like, uh, I was going to give a weird example. I don't know if this works, but, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, you just, you just try harder. Like even, I bet even camps are harder. Like guys give it their all because you really want that guy to win. Like I've been to other gyms where you don't, you don't sense that. Like I know gyms where other big names walked out during camps on guys. Yeah. Cause they either had too much going on or didn't give a shit. And I think, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, where you don't have that like dynamic, right? So one of the examples I was going to give is I'm rereading Alexander's book and, uh, wait, which book, a uh, book about Alexander the great. Oh. Alexander had a no good, very bad day. Yes. That one, that one. Yeah. By Dr. Seuss. Um, <laughs> one of the most feared, uh, Greek fighting forces in ancient history were, uh, they were basically, I don't know if they would have called them gay, but <laughs> They were, no, they were like lovers and they would pair these lovers together and they became a more feared fighting force because they would fight to the death. Because if you're fighting next to somebody you love, in this case, they were in a relationship, but definitely Greek, huh? Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a timepiece. That was, that was, <laughs> that was popular back then. But the point of that story is that, yeah, that these men loved each other. And as a result, they fought harder for each other and they dominated a lot of the ancient landscape. But that point being that like these guys who were homegrown really love each other as brothers. And when they get together to train and support each other, that support is obviously felt and the results speak for themselves. I mean, the Dagestanis are absolutely just destroying it right now. Yeah. And Longo in that gym has three world champions and multiple number ones. And yeah, it's fucking, and yeah. you even said in the interview going there to train even felt better. Yeah. I mean, I walked in and everybody's like, do you need anything? Do you need this? Like even people that weren't on the team. I mean, there's a bunch of dudes that just hang out there to watch like older guys. And they're like, you know, what do you need? You need a car. Where are you staying at? Do you need a place? You need this, that, you want to go to dinner here? Let me know. I'll book it for you. Just like super inviting. And that wasn't because of me. Like I said, it was because 
they love Weidman and they knew that I was there helping them. Yeah. And then I got to know them, you know, and then yeah. they liked me. But um, see, that's dope. And you, and I think everyone in the world's trying to recreate that. Like you're trying to create it at a company. You're trying to create it in your friend groups. And it's a shame that all of us are too individualistic, that everything's about our own individual success, that it's all about. You saying we all need to fuck? Yes. <laughs> okay. You want to hook up, dude? <laughs> Is that, I, this was all a big ploy to ask yeah. you guys if, if you want to have an orgy later. You guys want to fuck in the later? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not joining your cult. Um, We're going to celebrate the Dionysus Festival and hook up. Yeah, dude. It's midsummer. But again, you said you said in that interview with Longo, too, um, that like joint suffering what did you say uh shared suffering shared suffering yeah. it does like bring you close that's why like usually you gain more respect for somebody after you fight them too i mean mm. i've shared the octagon ring or whatever you want to call it with guys and you know there's shit talking before and then after you win or lose you have a different amount of respect for that person because you're in like, a bond for life yeah yeah like we both just put it out there like i saw what you're made of i saw like w whether you had quit in you i got to see a lot more things in the fans would ever realize. Mm. Um, That's interesting, bro. Cause we've talked about that book. I read the fighter's heart and he, in his journey, uh, he basically comes to the conclusion that fighting is spiritual and it's this deep connection and it's meditative. And it's interesting what you just said, that it's a deeply intimate moment between you and another person. Yeah. Where you can't lie. There's no lies, anything and, and words don't have to be spoken, but like mm. you learn a lot about somebody, you know, that's fucking deep. Yeah, I remember telling Whitney that um, before her boxing match. I'm like, you will have this, like, somewhat, I don't know if it's a bond or what, but, like, you will know, like, intimate things about your opponent after that because, like, you both just put it all out there. And, yeah, no lies. Like, it'll show if you skip training. It'll show, if, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's cool. Deep. That's deep. Yeah. I would say, too, if uh – yeah, fuck, my brain's just going a million miles an hour. Because again, yeah, I think in business, you're trying to recreate that. It's hard. I think that's sometimes why I get so frustrated with people. Because yeah. I, I want people to be part of the bigger team or, or mission. And it is self-serving sometimes. Yeah. Do you know the other really cool part I, I thought of that he said um, that I didn't realize completely is no contracts, nothing. And he's like, as soon as it becomes a contract, then it becomes the friendship is gone. <laughs> so there's enough trust in there because I mean, that is one of the arguments like marriage too. Like as soon as, cause marriage is a contract. Yeah. And it like, fucks shit up. Is it needed? Yeah. And, but they just have this unspoken thing. And I remember Weidman telling me a little bit about that. Like, yeah, I pay them. I take care of them. Otherwise they wouldn't train me. Like I definitely take care of them good, but there was no set amount. There was no anything like that. And that's pretty cool and super uncommon nowadays because again, like you said, we don't have that family mentality so much anymore. Everybody's kind of out for themselves. So but think of what that level of trust does to people. Like it, it, um, I read a book on this too once where they, they did this study where at a, a hot dog cart in New York, they would allow people to make their own change. And because they extended that trust to the consumer, they got 25 or 30% more tips. Because people were like, oh, dope. You're just trusting me to figure that out. I appreciate that. Here's more money. Uh, I imagine the trust that creates between these guys. Like, No, it does. It shows that they care, that it's not just money driven. Which I know another gym where that's the complete opposite. Yeah, there's a lot of them. And it, it is weird because I've always thought this. When I go put, like, essentially my life on the line, because, you know, you could die. Um, and then you're getting hit up for money right after and stuff. It, something feels a little weird because 
you are usually close with your coaches and teammates and stuff. Yeah. And then it is hard to ask people for money. I, I always try to pay so that I don't have to be asked for it because it's just awkward when they ask for it, even though like it's a job, they deserve it. It, it just like something feels weird about it. So I never want to get in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Hey, by the way, where's my money? Do you think, do you think guys, do you think these, so the Dagestanis are obviously, I know they take like visitors and stuff. Would Longo's gym take, like if Lionheart wanted to go train there yeah, and make that his new home, would they, would they accept him? Yeah. I mean, you have to fit in for sure. Like he said, he doesn't really care. He's like, if you're mean mugging people and stuff, like I'll kick you out. I love that. But they'll give you a shot. I mean, they gave me a shot and then I started going back there. I think I went even a few times just for my own training camps. So is, they were, is Weidman now, he's still affiliated to that gym and those are his coaches, but he's in South Carolina to live. Yeah. So Does he, he go back for camp? Yeah. Oh, dope. He'll do some of it at home in South Carolina with like Wonder Boy and He's got a little team he built up there too. But um, I know Longo will go to South Carolina. He'll come mm. to back to Long Island. He still has family. I think his parents still live there and stuff. So, and plus he grew up there forever. So I'm sure he has everything he needs. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, but I, yeah, he's still part owner of the gym. It's Longo and Weidman MMA. I know Anthony will never hear this, so I don't care if he does either. But I feel like that's the kind of place Anthony needs. He's gone to South Carolina and trained with Weidman and liked it a lot. Yeah, I, I feel like he needs that, like, brotherhood dynamic and that family and that, like, those dudes will, you know, not that he's not accountable, but will keep you, like. Yeah, well, everybody's on that's the same another, mission, right? That's another thing, too, we didn't even mention that I just thought of is that those, though, that brotherhood, too, keeps you even more accountable to the process. Yeah, I mean, if you have a fight coming up and so do they or they're helping you in their camp then they see you out drinking or something, they're like, hey, what the fuck, like. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. You know, or you chintz on you practice, know? or they're not going to chintz on sparring, or not being there for you. Yeah, they'll come pick you up. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to make it to practice. My car broke down. Somebody, will, somebody will come pick you up. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, shit, I need Fuck. another excuse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't have a mouthpiece. <laughs> like, we got one under the cage <laughs> yeah. for you. It was great. I mean, I know it was short, but man, Longo is one of my favorite people, and he's one of the most like genuine people I've ever met in this sport. Actually, yeah. like, and I got to spend quite a bit of time with him. And again, he would, he never asked me for money one time. He'd hold mitts for me, hold pads for me, coach me, everything. And it was just like, never once mentioned it. Yeah, that's dope, man. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would say anyone who's a fight a fighter listening to this, try to find a gym that's got that kind of a vibe that you can really sink your teeth into as a community. And a, that's not fake either. Like the gym's doing like trust falls, who gives a shit. Like, yeah. That's really entrenched. And I think that's part of it too, is like, you have to mesh with the group because like I said, would they allow people to come? Yeah. Like Marab came from Georgia or wherever he was to there really fit in with the group and like is accepted, you know, there, there are some that aren't. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's just the nature of it. That's also keeping that mentality because I think Longo said it, you let somebody in and it becomes like poisonous to yeah culture yeah, or whatever yeah. you want to call it yeah i mean there's a lot of lessons here for business too i mean like setting and defining your culture is really important and uh yeah if you have a just one disgruntled employee every day that brings everybody's mood down and stuff like that then that's like you've got to separate that so it doesn't infect the yeah. rest of the office what if it's your boss <laughs> <laughs> but let us know what you guys think um and if anybody out there is a big MMA encyclopedia or whatever, I, the gyms that I found that had a lot of homegrown talent would be like AKA, 
Where's know, AK? Uh, San Jose. So that's Rockhold, Cormier, Cain Velasquez. Uh. Um, they did all come from like wrestling and stuff, but again, wrestling wrestlers flock together a lot. The Dagestanis, you know, they, they run it like a military. I heard Khabib will make you a, cut your hair. If it's a certain length, yeah. they like line up and check. I love that though. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes you not worry about all the bullshit. Like your only focus. That's the point fighting. though, to eliminate distraction. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm a little stubborn. Do I want somebody to tell me how to shave and cut my hair? It's just for a time. I don't know. Do you want to win a world championship? There you go. I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Because <laughs> it is true. I mean, fuck, if that's part of the formula, fuck it's part it. of the formula. Yeah, Whatever they're doing is working. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had law MMA, city kickboxing, AKA. And then if you want to go back even further. Wait, real quick. You're, you're right on AKA. Fuck, you talk about a tight-knit group with Kane. John Fitch, Josh Koscheck, Mike Swick. I started listening because I That's forgot. still AKA. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, look how they rallied around Kane when he went through his shit. That's a community of dudes. I've got, yeah, I've got two more cool ones actually for you. So, well, another one, uh, yeah, uh, let me get into the cool ones. So, shoot box. Do you know what that is? That's like Iceman and those guys, right? No, this was like the pride days. So, shoot box was another one. It was Vanderlei Silva, Shogun Hua, Ninja Hua, Pele, Rafael Cadero. Cristiano Marcelo, Anderson Silva. Wow. And they, they were known for wow. just having wars. Like I think Fabrizio Verdum, um, and they would literally just fight. Wow. They all and went then, to the same fucking gym. Yeah. Oh my God. That was in the pride days and they were killing it because, and they were all like fought like psychos because that's how they trained. And I had heard, you know, I know a few of those guys decently and I'd heard that there was 50 other guys like Shogun and stuff in there but got so fucked up training, never made it. Wow. They were talented like that. That is gnarly. They'd be knocking each other out. And, um, so here's another cool one though. Team quest. So team quest was in the beginning, Randy Couture, Dan Henderson, Matt Linlin, Chael. Um, I think Chris Lieben came from there. Um, did I write down more? Is that Vegas? No, they were in, uh, Oregon. Evan, wow. Evan Tanner, who passed away. Now, they were all like former super high-level wrestlers and friends from wrestling, but created that team, Team Quest, and they, they dominated for a long time. Yeah, fuck. And I mean, I'm sure there's more that I forgot, so if you want to remind us in the comments, feel free. Man, to- it's such a common thread when you name them all. Wrestling, tight-knit community, yeah, brotherhood, shared purpose. That's a big one, shared purpose. Wow. <clears throat> It was, it was, I had a lot of fun actually researching this because I was like, man, like I forgot about that guy, you know? Then you take- Bro, that Brazilian gym, that's nuts. Imagine having an off day going to practice. <laughs> fuck. Just getting so much destroyed. anxiety. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> I saw- um, I saw Just getting in the car and you're like, I don't fucking feel good. I'll see if we can find it because we're filming this right now. But if I can find this, there, there was a cool video I saw a long time ago about- because they shootbox did black belts in Muay Thai. So they belted Muay Thai. This poor bastard, part of the black belt test was that you had to fight everybody from the gym in a row. Wow. This poor bastard had to fight Vanderlei. I think it was Shogun. Verdum got in there. And they weren't going light. They were like wailing. And basically, if you survive, you get your black belt. Wow. Yeah. I'll see if I can find it. If I do, it will be maybe on the tail end of this. Wow. 
but yeah, heavy. let us know what you think. Let me know if, if I forgot some other gyms or there's things I'm not thinking of, man, because they, there's a lot more research to be done, but I was super into this all week looking into it. Fucking that, what you're talking about too, is so hard to recreate. Like if I'm a coach listening to this, like I think Danny has that in Omaha if his got bigger. Yeah. Uh, Danny has some killers in there. That's, we're talking about Skywalker. Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. There, well, I've gone down there to train. There's people you've never heard of that will give me all the problems. Yeah. And they don't give a shit who you are. I love it. Yeah. It, uh, it's a cool thing and you're right to recreate it because we didn't get so much into it, but a lot of these gyms kind of recruit or people travel there, you know? So like Greg Jackson was considered one of the best coaches for a really long time. Still probably is. Um, but when I looked into it, kind of Diego Sanchez was like the main guy he had. And then Diego went on the ultimate fighter. Then more people started like flocking there. They were already fighters and established and like Rashad Evans went. And so that, that's a little bit different. Now, did he help them go on to be better? Yeah, for sure. I'm just talking about guys that just stay where they started and go on to be champions. Yeah. It's what, an a, interesting what a cool thing. topic. Yeah. Well, thank you again for joining us on involuntary yoga. Wait, uh, UFC, Chris and I will be oh, in Vancouver yeah. this weekend, uh, for the fights. I got Nunez in, and, uh, I think she's going to, I think she's going to reclaim her title. Yeah. I, I always got to go Nunez. And isn't, um, uh, fucking, uh, Olivera's on the card, right? I believe so. Maddie, is there a way to pull that card up real quick? Yeah. So I'm excited up. for this. So yeah, we'll be in Vancouver. So anybody listening, if you're going to the fights and you see us come say what's up but it should be a, a fun night we are going to the mansion afterward that night for the party if you're out and about in vancouver the mansion let's see i know nunez is the main event so yeah i like i like nunez i think she's going to retake her title and then shout out to my boy eric anders who's on the card i'm excited to see him fight live i used to train is he on the him. main card yeah i think he's the first fight on the main card is it to yeah yeah, so. yeah you got it maddie 289 at rogers arena you are no young jamie <laughs> i don't have the screen capacity i'm working off a tiny screen there we go i don't have the screen capacity i don't have the screen capacity, oh yeah guys. charles Oliveira and benil derrius that's gonna be a battle that's gonna be a badass fight who do you okay but who do you got i gotta go Oliveira on that yeah same let's see mike mallet and adam fugit fuck it his name's fuck it well, with a name like that, I don't know either one of those guys. I don't. Probably Fugit. Fugit. He's probably France. He's probably a, a France name. Do you know Dan Iggy or Nate Landwer? Yeah, Dan Ige. I know him, but I don't know the other guy. But Ige is always tough. So our picks are a little off today. I should have looked into these more. Yeah, there's, there's Eric. Eric. Dope. There's a lot of cool French names. Title about Nunez. Oh, that's why you're making the French reference. Okay, I get it. Is Vancouver French Canada? French Canadian? No, Vancouver. No, that's, that's Quebec. Quebec. Yeah, that's Quebec. on the east side. Quebec. Quebec. Vancouver's very international. It's a cool city. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, it's a rad city. One part of Canada I've never been to. One of the, hopefully, it's sunny out because if it is, it's the most beautiful city in the world, in my opinion. It goes ocean and all these inlets into the mountains. So it goes like, it's one of the only places in the world, in my opinion, where you, you're in the ocean. You could go like surfing and then straight to mountain. You should surf like snowboard down and then surf i think when the, i think in the right time you can <laughs> that would be you can snowboard and surf in the same day yeah it's a it's a beautiful city all right well hopefully we get to see some of you guys out here let's wrap this up i gotta go get some food <laughs>
Alright, that's the show. Big time. Knowing that. Down is in my teeth. I got a lot of shit.